a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. episode, we chat with Alice Saslavsky, author and TV host, and we get right into talking so much about plants and vegetables. We talk about the environmental and economical benefits of eating more vegetables, how eating seasonally becomes a bit of a hack, how you can do less and spend less and benefit more. We talk about connection and happy feelings that preparing food can actually bring out and how to store veggies, recipes, and so much more. You're going to absolutely love this next episode of the Wellness Collective. Cecilia. Yeah. I have spent yesterday putting <laughs> yeah. furniture items on Gumtree. Ah, oh, 2020 <laughs> just keeps giving. What do you mean? What well, are you getting rid of? I'm doing an overhaul of the kids' bedroom. I figure when we right. can't go anywhere, we overhaul the house. So interesting you say that. Have you seen how many clothing designers have pivoted to homewares <laughs> in the last six months? Because this is the thing. People look around going, well, I'm not going to buy that dress because right. I've got nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. I might buy a fancy candle and a new duvet. <laughs> fancy candle. Um, no, so I have, it's pretty, pretty so hilarious. So you got all the though. emails from people going, yes. I'll give you 20 bucks oh, for the I lamp. have to say that Gumtree is the funniest place ever when you are yeah, exchanging yeah. things because yeah. there's just, you just never know what you're going to get. And I'll never forget. Exchanging? No, selling. Oh, right. I always okay. sell because then there's a level of expectation on yeah, both right. parts. Yeah, yeah. But I have to say one time <laughs> that I did it and it was the funniest thing ever. Mm. This um, we were moving prior to here. We went. We're not moving at the moment. We were moving house anyway, and um, I'd put on some uh, like a dresser, like yes. a drawers dresser yes. drawers. Yeah, and this woman came to collect them. But when mm. she came. She put her head in and said, well, what else are you selling? <laughs> she knew I was moving. What else are you selling? And I'm like, oh, well, um, what the plants are on Gumtree, I'll take those. Yeah. And something else random. But she also had the tiniest car I've ever seen in my life. Like a clown car, was it? Yes, and yeah. she managed to get it all in there. But it was so, so funny Those to watch. people are extraordinary, aren't they? They're yeah, out they're, there. They're, I'm not one, but I love them. But I tell you, I'm pretty sure maybe she did that for a living because she and the Tetris effort in her car. In fact, I couldn't watch anymore. I had to... Um, Look away. I had to go. I'm like, I can't. I'm, I feel embarrassed for you, so I'm just going to go. It was pretty oh, funny. Oh, no, she wasn't embarrassed. It was anyway. a secret superpower. No, absolutely. But yes, I think there are people out there. So that your make... brain is preoccupied with selling things. Well, I just and pull... having you know emails with random people. <laughs> right. So like they're like this. Here's one here. Brilliant. I can come now if that's good for you. It was two o'clock yesterday, and I'm like, no, I'm at work. But yeah, okay, but that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm glad to see you've got yourself a new hobby. Mm, anyway, do. we digress. Mm-hmm. You can get back to your domestic mm-hmm. stuff in just mm-hmm. a moment because mm-hmm. we need to talk about food today. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got to say, 2020 has been the year that. Most people I know have just gone off food, <laughs> eaten too much of it and then well, gone off it. it becomes very much a topic of conversation every day in our house. Sure does. Where it's like, what do you want to do for dinner? Yeah. What do you want to do for dinner? Oh, no. Never before. No, in the past, no. I'd just be like, I'm no. going to put it together and yeah. that's that. But all of a sudden, no. we all have to have input. Oh, no. It's just too much. <laughs> anyway, so we went and got ourselves somebody who knows a lot more about food and has a lot more ideas than, uh, well, I've got zero Quite, quite frankly now. Okay. So yeah. our special guest today is Alice in Frames. I'm not even going to say her surname because we talked about it beforehand and I know I'm going to get it wrong. Hi, Alice. Welcome <laughs> to the Wellness Collective. Give us, all right, 
Go on, say it. Zaslavsky. Yeah. When I was teaching, I would just say, Zas loves to ski. Say it with me. Zaslavsky. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Alice <laughs> Zaslavsky. I like it. It's good. Name. It's a nice surname, actually. Where does that come from? Thank you. Uh, it's it's Russian, but um, I grew up in Georgia. So Did yeah, you? Eastern European. Yes. That's exciting. There you go. Yeah, wow. Russian. Can you do a good Russian accent? Uh, I can try. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> Cecilia loves an accent. at home. Yeah, oh, my, wow. um, we're, we're raising our little girl bilingual, so I try and speak Russian to her more than English and that's been kind of um, a journey for me. And um, do, does she drink, uh, does she eat borscht? Is it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> borscht was probably one of her first foods actually, um, like borscht broccoli because it's nice and soft. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, I um. She loves it. She still goes all pink all down her down, down her front when she eats it. <laughs> okay, so I really feel like talking to you uh, that I'm going to feel bad at the end because my kids <laughs> will not touch most of the things that are delicious and you're about to enlighten us with. Just give us a little bit of a rundown. How would people know who you are? Well, people might know me from back, 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 back yes. in the day from MasterChef Australia. That was uh, almost a decade ago. But really? since then I've, I've hosted TV shows. I'm the culinary correspondent for the ABC. I founded a program called Phenomenom with an M, which helps kids fall in love with veg, and that's in classrooms all across the country and love the world. Um, and most recently I wrote a little tiny book called... <laughs> she needs she needs a crane to pick it up. <laughs> it's it's over two kilos. It's it's in praise of veg, and it's a vegetable companion for your kitchen, I suppose. And it's close to five hundred pages. Wow, it's big. How and many colour coded? How many recipes have you got in there? Over one hundred and fifty. So yeah, it's what massive. else? Do, what else is in there? It, there has to be other stuff. Oh, there's so much stuff. There's quotes from chefs around the world. Uh-huh. There's inspo. So it's not just recipes, but it's also shortcuts and hacks and, and redos as well. Yep. Like I call them double duties. So like if you've made a dish and you've got leftovers, yep. here's what you can do with it. So it feels mm. like a totally different dish. Um, and mm. the thing that I'm most proud of, and I feel like for you, um, you mentioned, you know, you've got a lot on your plate, pun intended. So there's a vegetable <laughs> matrix that blows my mind. It's my favourite thing. It's the thing that I turn to all the time. And it's basically like a spreadsheet. So like if you've got a veg, you've got this amount of time, this is what you can do with oh. it. And it's really, really, you know, foolproof for those kind of people that don't want to think about cooking. They just go bam, bam, aha, done. Love it. Love that. Veggies are a funny thing. I know we had a guest on a little while ago, Sally Mathrick, I think, and we were talking about the environment and, you know, how the world really needs us to be good to it so it can be good to us. Oh, yes, yes. And one of the things that she said was that we should, we need to reframe the way we think about dinner and it shouldn't be meat and three veg it should be three veg and meat you know so veg being your main meal meat being the condiment yes meat being the garnish (laughs) a little Mm -hmm. bit of chicken on the side (laughs) which couldn't agree more but isn't it funny how we've been so conditioned to just have this outlook that oh what's the protein we're going to have and then we'll just chuck some veggies with it Totally. And I think it's because cooking protein is kind of easy. It's a bit of a no-brainer. And it is just, it's cultural as well. There are plenty of cultures around the world that do have meat as a condiment or don't eat meat at all. Um, But we're getting so many uh, research papers and, you know, the the Lancet report came out last year saying that eating a 20-cent piece of meat is the thing that's going to save the planet from climate change. And I think that's probably an unrealistic expectation for us to go from having 
meat and three veg to 20 cents, <laughs> 20 cents of the rest veg. Yeah. So, you know, I think people need to be given opportunities to eat more veg and then naturally will eat less of the other stuff on the plate. You know, mm. I just watched David Attenborough's new doco and there's a point at which he talks about the fact that if we all eat more of a plant-based diet, then that's how slowly but surely we can kind of start to reduce the impact that we have on the planet. But beyond that, I think that if we lead with that as the conversation starter, a lot of people will turn off because, yeah. you know, it's another thing to think about. It's another thing to feel guilty about. So rather than speaking about it in those terms, all you need to know is that vegetables are delicious they're nutritious and they're cost effective as well. Yeah. So if you think about it in those terms, I think especially for, for families at a time where um, budgets are stretched, eating more veg means that you can have heaps of abundant flavours on the table and still feel really satisfied and still have, you know, you're cash, gonna, in, cash in the wallet. You're going to be impressed with me. Last night I had roasted uh, Brussels sprouts from my garden. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, that's so that's good. impressive. I had what did never, you do? well, I'd never grown Brussels sprouts oh, before, see. and see, they're they're funny because they you grow like a bush, and yes. then the Brussels sprouts are little buds yes. that grow on the branches. So I I've recently get it out, but they were tasty roasted. Oh my yeah. gosh! I've also recently taken to frying vegetables. No, how's that go for you? It's freaking delicious. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not the vegetables. No, it's freaking delicious though. It. Um, it so what I, are you talking about? Listen to this. I went to my girlfriend's house <laughs> for dinner, and she had to go and pick her daughter up. And this is um, oh, in the middle of our lockdown, so it was like in between when it, there was three oh, yes. weeks, and it was like boom, quick. We didn't know it was you know it was going to happen again. So, um, I was just living my best life. But I took a drive out to her house. So I was on my own, and she had to go and drop her daughter off. And anyway, she goes, oh. Um, when I come back, I'll do the meat, but can you just sort the veg- sort the veggies out? It's all prepared there. <laughs> I looked in the pan and I'm like, what the hell? She had broccoli, broccolini, sliced up in a pan and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> and she's a real foodie and I'm like, I'm surely going to stuff this up. Yeah, like, yeah. Anyway, she came back and I'm like, so I just turned it on. I don't know what you want me to do with that. She's like, have you never had fried broccoli? I'm like, never. No, I've <gasps> never had fried broccoli. Do it. Right. Do it. Well, so now I've taken to actually chopping and frying veggies because it's freaking delicious. Yeah. Well, is this part of your hack system, Alice? C- could not agree with her more. Absolutely. Great yeah. the Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Or, yeah. Great Brassicas, Brussels sprouts, yes. broccolini, broccoli, even, you know, cabbage, all of it. Um, kale. You know, think about kale chips. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm with, you, I'm no, with you until the kale. I just, anyway, okay. carry on. <laughs> Let's take the kale out of that equation. But, but you're right, um, it's the oil and the salt. Delicious. It's the oil and the salt and the burning as well because caramelising brassicas brings out the natural sugars and you've got that really nice flavour dynamic. And especially with broccolini and broccoli, the inside's really creamy and sweet. Mm. And so if you caramelise the outside and then you've got that kind of creamy, sweet butteriness in the middle, that's a taste sensation. So, yeah, heat a pan heat some oil in that pan and then fry off, or, you know, in small pieces, pop a bit of ginger in if you're that way inclined, a bit of garlic if you want, and that, a chilli if you're yes. a chilli head, yum, delicious. Like, that's something I have actually really embraced is the chilli lately. Yeah. I've never been able to eat it, but slowly I've been like expanding my, <laughs> it's, and I actually love it. Really? And the other thing that I have not been able to eat for years that's made its way in 
is wasabi. I have not oh. been able to eat wasabi I like since it. I got really sick one time after eating it. And it wasn't the wasabi that made me sick, but it coincided with me mm. being sort of having food poisoning. Yeah. I haven't been able to eat it for years. And so that's something else that I've... You're, you're getting your heat on. Yeah, you mix it with the soy sauce Ooh, and then like, heat. oh, how about oh. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I love uh, it. Do you think about eating seasonally as well? Like, do you do that? Do you go to the market and go, well, look, zucchinis are in, so I guess we're going to have zucchini slice for the next three weeks? Eating seasonally is the best way to eat in, in, in on a budget as well because that's when zucchinis are in season, they're cheaper, but they're also sweeter. So those Brussels sprouts that you grew, the yep. reason why they were so tasty or part of the reason is because you just, you know, they're freshly picked, they're still vibrating with life and then you don't really need to do much with them. So for me, buying seasonal produce is actually a hack because you don't need to spend as much time cooking them and you don't need to do much to make them tasty. So yeah, yeah, all about it. But we live in a country where we can have access to local seasonal produce from microclimates. You know, we've got such a, a sparse environment, right, or such a such a varied environment that we can get tomatoes from Queensland or, you know, or hothouse tomatoes, I suppose. So I think that if you have like a a child, so for example, our toddler is obsessed with cucumbers and there are times in the year where cucumbers are extremely rare to find. So we might grab a few for her just for the crunch factor, but the rest of the meal is seasonal. So again, like what I'm trying to do here is remove as many barriers as possible. So if there's something keeping you from from buying stuff because you feel guilty, because you feel like you can't do it, then all I have to say is do less you know, spend less and just embrace things. You know, I love that Nat's in a growth period of her trying new things phase. <laughs> Wasabi so, you know. phase. Well, I've always, no, it's just been interesting. And I think also because I have really, I've got a bit more time at home, I guess, and yeah. I've really embraced cooking. And I've always cooked. I mean, even in my books, I have recipes and they've all been created by me. Um, so, I've always done that, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I just new and different ideas to More time keep on it your hands. keep it exciting, and 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 I do love food. Like I, I love food, yeah. and I particularly love clean food. So you know, it's not and 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 savory. I, I could, I don't yeah, need the same. sweet. I just yep. give me the savory. So make that as good as possible. Do you know? It's funny too how you have things that you're drawn to over and over. Like I am. I'm really bad at making salad. Like I just, I get really? a bit of lettuce, a bit of tomato. I'm like, mm, I don't know, whatever. But my husband, he has become salad whiz guy. Right. And the reason is he goes with your idea of the crunch and he goes for the, oh, the, the textures the textures and the like salty and sweet. So he goes like a bit of lettuce, a bit mm-hmm. of orange, some currants, some nuts. And then, you know, maybe if nectarines are in season, he'll, so he goes a bit of fruit so it has the, that, and it's always a bit of white wine vinegar. Yes. Amazing. Do you know what? My mum and dad say yeah, this I'm about my, my salads all the time. Mum's like, why does your salad taste yeah. so good? And I always just dress it with vinegar, oil and salt and pepper. And dad's always like, can you make Nat's dressing? I'm like, oh, really, not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. My mother-in-law gets me to dress her, her salads when we're over and my mum does the same. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Firstly, we add enough oil. Secondly, there's an acid. And thirdly, we season well enough. Yeah, adding just the right amount of salt really brings out the flavours and everything else. And I think our parents under-season. What about, though, one factor I reckon you missed here is that Mm. you've got to put a bit of love into it. 
Well, you can't just plop it in the bowl. You can't. And so again, (laughs) even where I go wrong, right? I have whatever. Chris's best mate. Whenever I make him a coffee, he's always like, "Why does your coffee always taste so good?" And I'm like. I'm really passionate about making good coffee, so I will actually put some love and I just slap it in there all together, which is probably <laughs> what he would do and what, what Chris would do. I actually really, there's nothing worse than a bad coffee, right? Nothing worse Oof. than a bad coffee. No, that's, uh, no not right? many things. No. So it's like, why would slimy, you even? Slimy bok choy, I'd put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about that since we're talking about veggies and slimy bok choy and not yeah. coffee? And, yeah, mm-hmm. Um. What's the? I mean, vegetables all need to be kept certain ways. That's where I get a little yes. bit confused. I know you like, go and get a... your cauliflower out, and it's a bit kind uh, of saggy. I just put that in the oven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mum always says that if the vegetables is a little bit questionable, it makes you fart more. Is that true? It depends on the veg, um, <laughs> but I'd say she probably is looking out for it. It's a bit like when you identify the white Corolla, and then you just yes. see white Corollas everywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But you know, back to your point about why is it that when other people make us food, it tastes better? That actually comes back to not only is it about um, the love, but it's also from a bioavailability perspective, connection or happy feelings actually make um, the nutrients more accessible for the body. That's, wow. you know, studies have shown that. Yeah, so that's I love that. Yeah, yeah. So when you make people food, think about that. I think that'll probably make you want to make them more food. Yes. Yeah. But back to storage. <laughs> Let's get sensible. We never so, go in a linear fashion, don't worry. No. Yeah, yeah, I love it. No, it's very, it's, uh, it's multi-tangential and I, I love speaking <laughs> very in female. those terms. Yeah, go yeah. on. We digress. Exactly. <laughs> We're multitasking on a podcast. Uh, so what I would say is that a lot of the time, greens, particularly things like bok choy, they get wilty because the fridge saps them of moisture. So think about storing stuff in a damp kitchen towel or um, there's this thing called a swag that you can buy from health food shops and you just keep it keep it wet and that will actually keep your brassicas and, and bok choy and, and all of those various things a lot fresher for a lot longer. But, you know, when in doubt, as you say, whack things in the oven and they come out good as new. There's there's nothing that I can't stress enough than if something's looking wilty, don't throw it out. There's always something you can do mm. with it. Do you know there's another hack that you can do with a breadstick? What's that? You know when you get a breadstick oh, and it's a yeah. day old and it's a bit like bang, bang, bang? Yeah. You wet it and put it in the oven, it's like new again. No way. Yep. Way from a tap. Oh my god! It's one of my from favorites. a tap. How true. wet are we talking? Yeah, like you're moist. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> I'll say that yeah. word. You yeah. can make it a bit soggy until oh. you know it's all the way through, and then you whack it in the oven. You don't even need to wait for the oven to preheat. Just put it in a cold oven, turn the oven on. How long by is the it time in, that how long is it warms, in the oven? Oh, not maybe long. depends on the size of the bread, but yeah. you know, 10, 15 minutes max. Libby yeah. loves a good baguette breadstick oh. for lunch yeah. with ham and lettuce. That's her thing. And I just bought one yesterday and it's not going to be good tomorrow. So I'm going to do this. Definitely. This is good. This is very good. Um, (laughs) I'm learning a lot. Alice is, uh, if we let Alice speak, I'm sure she's got a lot more wisdom. (laughs) We're all blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Hey, um, I want to ask you about growing your own. Are you a grower? I'm. Uh, I would say I'm a brown thumb, but <laughs> thankfully my husband is the green thumb in the family. So we've got a couple of wicking beds that we grow sort of various herbs and things in, and lettuces. And there is nothing better than than going downstairs and you know picking a little bit yeah. of herbiage because herbs are expensive, aren't they? Oh my god! And it's not hard to grow no. your own, even on a windowsill. So yeah. 
get amongst it. Well, I have a, her- I, I call it Herb Hill just outside my kitchen and it's this little <laughs> rockery and over the years I've just, you know, planted stuff. And a lot of herbs just grow from a cutting. Mm. That's the other thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you walk past a sage bush somewhere, pull a bit off, stick it in a, some water, mm. it'll grow some roots, stick it in the ground and off you go. And I love sage. It's one of those herbs that the I just walk past and rub my hand mm, on it and sniff nice. it. Yes. But so in my Crispy little Herb sage. Hill... Yes, crispy sage. Oh, and yeah. if you want a, if you want the best pizza, pumpkin, sage and pine nuts. Yes, delicious. Delicious. Oh, yum. Goat's cheese? And goat's cheese for a, yeah, and oh. finish it off. So, <laughs> but in my herb hill I've got chives, I've got oregano, I've got sage, I've got parsley, I've got mint, I've got rosemary and thyme. Mm, so I've got, got it whole all covered. Bang a bang. Which means, you know, you just get a little bit of inspiration, go and pick a little bit and off you go. Beautiful. And I've also totally. got spinach and zucchinis and I've just planted my tomatoes. Yes, so. it's time of year to plant tomatoes. I've got some yes, tomatoes yes. if you'd like some. Ooh. I went crazy with the seeds. So, yes, but my, yes. my point is it's great if you can grow stuff yourself, but you can end up with a situation where getting back to our friend the zucchini, Oh, yeah, mm. takes over. It goes a bit crazy and mm. you end up with 75 kilos of zucchini. So what's yep. your best zucchini recipe? <laughs> oh, man, have I got a good one for you, especially for lunchboxes. Yeah. I've got a summer slice. Yum. Um, and it's a zucchini slice where you're also using frozen veg, like, you know, frozen peas, frozen corn, um, some cherry tomatoes on top and plenty of cheddar. Uh, plenty, you know, yep. if you want to go bacon, you can go the bacon route, you don't have to. And it's basically the way that it keeps is so perfect for lunch boxes as well. And you can freeze it. So you could make a couple of these zucchini slices, freeze them in slices, and then just reheat them in the oven or in the microwave, whatever you want to do. And you got yourself, you know, bam, snack, snack Excellent. Down. You know, zucchini slice or quiche mm. in the thermos for the kids is oh, yeah, ex- a good idea. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. And have them pre made. What are your? You said before that you were involved with schools, and now there's a lot of a lot of schools have the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen arrangement. So I'm guessing yes, that your amazing. your program sort of fits in around that with like teaching um, nutrition and so forth. What? It, yeah, has, it's very complementary to kitchen garden programs. So what it's designed to do. The difference with Phenomenon um, is that. We are designed to go into every lesson. So if you've got a kitchen garden school, amazing. The kids are going in there, they're they're growing their own, they're cooking for an hour a week or whatever it is. The rest of the time in English lessons, math, science, we've got inspiration for teachers of all subjects to integrate food in really kind of relatable ways so that the kids just realise that food is a natural part of their world, that um, mushrooms can be really interesting. And then when they come home, they say, Mum and Dad, I know I haven't liked mushrooms before, but can we try them again? You know, we want them to get to a point where they're just willing to try new things more and more. Mm. So, And it's all free, I should mention as well. So if this sounds like something that your kids could get into and you're listening to this thinking, where do I get amongst it? Phenomenom, with an M, dot com dot au. Teachers can access it. Parents can access it. It's videos. There's a podcast called Nomcast that you can listen to once you're done with this one. And it's basically designed for any teacher or any parent that wants kids to open their minds to the world of food. So, you know, I love the Kitchen Garden Program. What Stephanie's created is absolutely incredible, but not every school can access a Kitchen Garden. You know, it's a pretty difficult kind of, it's it's something that the whole community needs to get behind. Mm. So this is kind of like, finding the gaps and the loopholes to say, hey, if you're looking for a lesson plan, 
have we got a lesson planned for you? And it happens to have peas in it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, well, it's really difficult because kids are fussy. I mean, I was not fussy as a kid, so, and I have two fussy children and it does my head in. We weren't allowed mm. to be fussy as kids. Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I really feel, I think that. It's the difference. Yeah, I think I there is, a, well, I also think there's more access to prepackaged foods and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, like I remember going out with, when you've got a toddler and when you've got toddlers, you do, you, those squeezy things with the pureed fruit yes, in them, yes. they're great for when you're on the go. So my kids were so used to just go, you know, yeah. and they get their spinach that way or whatever. But we didn't have those when we were kids. You didn't look for things that came in packages. You just ate what mum gave you on a plate. So mm. it's yeah. interesting that we have to kind of retrain them. So they're eating strawberries and raspberries that look like strawberries and raspberries and aren't squished into a roll-up, you know? Like, Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the time, especially for when they get to an age, how old are they now? Like what's sort of six and eight? Ten and seven, yeah. Ten and seven, yeah, exactly. So they know that it drives you crazy. So <laughs> for them it's a bit of a flex as well. So sometimes it's actually, you know, I mentioned do less before. It's actually removing yourself and that kind of power struggle at the dinner table out of the equation because often for these kids, particularly the ones that are growing up watching characters like Peppa Pig, um, they're having this kind of performative fussiness thrust upon them as though it's just something that kids do. Oh, I didn't know Peppa Pig was fussy. <laughs> tell you what, there's a scene in Peppa Pig oh. where it's like, I don't like yada yada. Yes. That gets ingrained. And Ooh. then so think about the reward structures for kids. You know, the, the number one reward that kids have is connection with their parents. So whether that be because you're connecting over food in a good way, in, in a sense of, you know, let's have a conversation, this is really cool, but also it can just as easily be, I know that if I don't eat this, it's going to trigger mum mm. and we're going to have 20 minutes of one-on-one, bam, yeah. time. So yeah. that's interesting because my kids, <laughs> no, they don't do that. They're just really <laughs> fussy and because I serve up exactly the same food pretty much every night. So there's no chance to um, have a squabble over it. They just eat capsicum, carrot, broccoli, yes. <laughs> corn every single night. Yeah, there's right. just no, awesome. no variety. They're, they're living in 1940. <laughs> really good. I love that they're having those things. So, you know, I think actually the other thing that I should say is that um, particularly for people who do love food and particularly for people that work in the wellness space, we can get a little bit um, concerned and and kind of like worry that we've got fussy children and that they'll be fussy forever. Mm. And so we actually put too much pressure on ourselves and on our kids to be different to what they are. So giving them agency and saying, hey, I recognise that they're the things that you like and I love that and I'm going to give you those. And then at the same time, every now and then on the table, I'll pop this and we're going to serve ourselves. And if you want to try it, you're welcome to, Mm. you know, that kind of attitude. So like removing the you have to eat Mm. or must, those kind of should even, or even, you know, and this is number one that I tell all parents is never say it's good for you or it's healthy because, first of all, as human beings, our expectation of flavour goes down, not just for kids but for adults Wow, as well. really? Yes. It's so healthy don't, don't so I don't want to eat it. I get yeah. good. <laughs> That's <laughs> really good. Try this healthy smoothie. What does that evoke for you in terms of like what it might have in it? What? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Have this amazing zippy zingy green smoothie that's full of life. That's going to make me want to taste it. So, <laughs> that's 
good for you. It's well, very true. You have it then. It's very, very true. <laughs> I really agree true. with that. I definitely let go a long time ago and it was it's difficult because often people will judge what they can see. So there's been, you know, circumstances if I've oh, yeah. been out and someone's noticed that what Livy or Geordie might be eating mm. and made comment. Um but you, it's life's too short to focus on that stuff. And I think that what I've noticed, and I guess it helps with having Livy's nearly 12 and very much happy to eat most things now, um, is that she was horrible, like, in terms of the, her variety of food as a child. I think mm. she ate pasta, pasta and pasta and those squishy things that you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, squishy things. Um, and Geordie's exactly the same. So, But now her palate's, you know, she's very much yeah. making. And, and that's the other thing too. When she makes it, she'll eat it. Yeah. But I tell you what, a couple of times I've made stuff, <laughs> I have said to them when they haven't wanted to eat it, wait till one day you're going to cook something for me and how would you feel <laughs> if I turned around and went, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Livy's like, oh, that wouldn't be very nice. I'm like, no. <laughs> so mm-hmm. stop doing that. <laughs> I think too um, there's the psychological aspect of it, which is the thing that I'm always wary of. I'm like, I don't want to make this a problem. No. You know? And we were, well, we were always forced to eat everything on our plate. Mm. Were you? We were forced to eat everything on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's one thing I just, you know, the pendulum swings, doesn't it? But I've never done that with the kids because I just don't see how that sets up healthy habits. And my mum will say now, she's like, even if I'm busting full, I have to eat everything <laughs> on my plate. I've certainly let go. I've <laughs> been able to let to go of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? But but truly, that's what we had to do. We had to sit there until, even if you were dry reaching, we had mm. to sit there and eat it. We had friends, the family friends, that if they didn't eat their dinner, they had to eat it for breakfast. <laughs> Like, you know, just that's not that's not right. That can't yeah, be good. So, so checking in, I love that you've done that for yourself, Nat, is like ask yourself what did I have as my experience as a child and what can I learn from that, you know, with empathy that oh. I'm, you know, not going to do but maybe that I am going to do. So that's a really good thing to do to start from. And as you say, like we've all got to unlearn some of those habits that we were kind of And there are things also that, I, as an adult, legitimately don't like. Mm. There's not many artichokes. I can't eat artichokes. They, there's a there's a textury thing that I just can't. But you know, I appreciate that that could be part of you know your um, taste buds developing and whatever. Is that there might be something legitimately that you really just don't like? My son started dry reaching because he looked at a yogurt dish <laughs> in the in the sink this morning. Mm. I didn't even. I didn't say eat it. He just looked at it and went, oh, oh, not for him, yeah. not for him. Yeah. Have you come across the psychological problem? I mean, because, you know, like digging a bit deeper, you, there's there's obviously health implications for eating disorders and even orthorexia, which is the one that really mm. I find fascinating, The people mm. obsess about healthy food. You know, how do you make the conversation open so that people don't start obsessing about making sure everything is healthy. I guess what you said before about the smoothie is a good start. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the language in the space um, does need a a refresh, perhaps. I think that we've kind of gotten stuck in a very binary way of talking about food, you know, clean and dirty, good and bad, sometimes and every day. All of that language needs to get in the bin. Um, And we need to start to talk, find ways to talk about food a little bit more broadly and find more descriptive words about those flavours. So, you know, it's not mushrooms that you don't like. It's sweaty 
sloppy, slimy mushrooms. It's not yogurt that you don't like. It's that when you tasted it at a certain age, it was the texture, it was the experience, what was happening with you at the time. So um, you don't have to. I think one thing as well that is pretty kind of controversial because why not? We'll go for it. Let's do it. Um, I think that we kind of get stuck as parents in habits of saying you um, just try it, just try it. And that that's actually been something that I've had to reteach myself because that was part of what I was saying to parents. You know, you just just get them to try it once. But that's actually um, removing the trust that at some point the, the kid will decide when they're ready to try it. So that's something, you know, that you can try to do. But for especially with um, teenagers, Eating disorders have gone through the roof and particularly orthorexia. Social media has a lot to answer for in that kind of camp because it kind of reinforces the the, um, natural kind of thoughts that you're having. It sees what you're you're thinking and says, yeah, 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 see Mm. see more of that Mm. because you'll just keep scrolling. So um, I guess what would be my recommendation to move people away from that? Um, Find the joy. Find the joy in food because it's pretty unlikely that the joy is going to be in sitting there eating um, raw kale because it's healthy. Right? But it's, it, is, it is also very much no monkey see, monkey do too, and it gets ingrained in us. So I think it comes back to us as parents to just set the example, really, without oh, yes. really not having to do anything else other than, mm. you know, see food for what it is and yes. teach kids how it's important, to, you know, to nourish your body and this is why we yeah. eat and this is why we eat certain things. Yeah, and it's yeah. hard though, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I'm still dealing with a seven-year-old that just looks at things No, and but goes, I'm, what I'm saying I is... I don't like it. What I'm, I'm saying like, you is... You have to taste it. Well, like what it. I'm saying is that if you keep doing that, eventually that becomes home to them. Mm. So when they're older and it's time to make decisions, that feels like home. So I talk about this a lot because I definitely grew up in a very healthy, strict, healthy food family. Like there was not much variance at all. And I moved out of home and I went crazy with fast food and made myself really sick. Mm. Um, <laughs> but but what? But I knew that I was Caught rebelling up. and I knew that it wasn't what I would ordinarily have and I could feel in my body how horrible it felt. And what actually was home was how I was brought up to, you know, mm. nourish my body properly and it came back to that. So I think it's it's in you because that's what's been seen, no different to eat all your food on your plate or whatever you've been told. So if you can be the good example and be aware, I think that's actually doesn't take any effort other than being you. Yeah, and diet culture is kind of pretty ingrained in our in our language, the the language that we use, particularly our mothers and the, you know, our grandmothers, the fat when you eat fat, you you get fat, so they eat margarine. You know, the reason they're not seasoning their salad properly is because, oh, salt is dangerous. So um, there's a lot of fear-based messaging around food, so removing that a little bit as well. Um, and, again, you know, coming back to that conversation, don't get don't get trapped in those I don't like mm. it conversations. Go, cool, all right. Um, you know, either we set, if you want to, if you really want to go down that track, you can say, okay, what is it that you don't like about it? Let's have that conversation. Mm. And then if I just don't like it, all right, cool. I've got other things to do today. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a conversation I need to have with you right now. So, um, you know, Nat, you mentioned that the pendulum swings the other way as well. Absolutely. And that's something that that you see all the time, especially those kids that grow up in really restrictive households. They go to a party. They're the ones that are sitting there stuffing their faces with, you know, all of the... (laughs) in inverted commas, sometimes. Cheezles. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they will. They'll feel absolutely yeah. sick. And it probably won't happen again, hopefully, mm. because you kind of have to trust that kids 
can still listen to their bodies. So teaching them to listen to their bodies might be might be a good idea as well. Um, I like to talk about fresh produce um, vibrating with life and making you zing. So I know, for example, you know, when we were shooting this book, um, we shot it in New South Wales. So we flew, this is just before COVID, <laughs> when planes were still... Yeah, up. when you could go on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Woo! So we, yeah, we flew to Sydney with a carry-on full of fermented food, of like stuff that we weren't sure whether we were going to get access to in Sydney because I knew that it was going to be long days. I was going to be under the weather pretty easily. So here's my little kit, my little toolkit of foods that are going to make me feel great. You know, so, and as you said, if your kids see you using food in that way, then they'll just pick up those habits as well. And, you know, the best thing that you can do when it comes back to the division of responsibility, which I'm sure plenty of your listeners already know about, all you can do is serve up nutritious food. It's up to them what they choose to eat. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, where can everyone access this beautiful new book? <laughs> Everywhere, please. Yeah. Um, Inpraiseofveg.com is where you can find out more about it. Um, there's, you know, a taste of the recipes. I'd love to see you cook from those recipes and hopefully if you, you know, cook one and you go, hmm, this looks like something I might like to have more <laughs> access to. Every bookshop everywhere, you know, if you're buying books online, Booktopia, readings, um, it's basically I'd like to think that this book isn't just for Christmas, it's for life. <laughs> like <a puppy. laughs> I love it. So, a good so, gift yeah. for Christmas though. Yeah, Definitely yeah. a good gift for Christmas. Especially to just talking about veggie books just quickly, a lot of them are a bit meh. So I'm excited about this one because 150 recipes is a lot. Yes. And plenty I, of ideas and, and something that and you can zingy, do. tasty ones as yes. well. Yes. Love that. You know, otherwise, it's all just kale. Love that. Blah. It's the zingy, tasty Zaslavsky guarantee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's Love that, Alice. Thank you. <laughs> cool. All right. Hey, well, before we go. Yes. I ha- we have reviews. Oh, yep. Sorry, Alice, you have to sit yes. through our reviews because okay. this is the bit that we love. We do love, <laughs> love it so much. Um, okay. Positive affirmation. Here we yes, go. Exactly. Well, hopefully. We need it. We yep. need it. Um, okay, this is a nice one. It's my pick for 2020. Ooh, yes. Yes. Um, each year I stumble across a podcast that seems to help set the theme and focus for my year and a few months, I think it's supposed to say a go, I found yours, which is helping me through the end of 2020 and a renewed focus on thriving, not just surviving. I'm working my way through all of the episodes and I'm loving it. So much great information and thought-provoking content. I also love your warm banter. So reassuring in these crazy times. Thanks. Yes, we <laughs> oh, would love banter. Yeah. Yes, we would love if you have the spare second to mm. rate the podcast and give us a review and, yep. you know. Absolutely. And now we've got this this one which is also full of warm banter yes. to add to that. Yes. So thank you, Alice, for being part really of that. Really love that. And also I love that we could be the tonic that they needed for this crazy year because, <laughs> you know, you? you never know what you're going to get That's with right, us. So. <laughs> Same as 2020. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Alice, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for our review. Yes. Reviewer. Oh, her name was Melb's Mama. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the names we get as well. Mm-hmm. And um, until next time, we hope that you're eating more zucchini, more herbs, more wasabi, Yes. And borscht. And Fried vegetables. Or, and frying your, your brassicas. Brassicas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brassicas. Brassicas. Oh, there I we got go. it wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Until next yes. time, we hope you are feeling happier. Healthier. And better. 